0: Go ahead and grab a seat. And, uh, yeah, so if you don't know, a few of us have been off in South Carolina at, a, uh, at our retreat, our camp, um, up in the mountains. And, uh, and, you know, we wanted y'all to be able to join, that weren't able to go with us, so that's why we're back. And, uh, and it's been incredible. Um, <coughs> uh, Sloan got to come up with this yesterday, and in my notes here, when I wrote this sermon out, it was before the weekend, and in my notes it says explain what the weekend was, has been like. So to help you understand what the weekend was like, um, some of us would say it was really cold. Some of us would say the hike about killed us. Yeah? Can I get an amen? amen. Yeah. But y'all did it. We climbed a, a mountain yesterday, or, I mean, for us on the east coast it was a mountain. But, I mean, like that last probably half mile was just, I mean, 90 degrees probably straight up. Y'all got some rock climbing in. Proud of y'all. There's lots of sweat, maybe a few tears, contemplating what is life. Are we going to survive? We made it to the top, and the top was this beautiful. Um, and I, bear with me, my voice. I've been yelling, or uh, we played a game earlier today, and I just yelled the whole time because I'm competitive. But uh, we got to the top of this mountain, and uh, it was this, it overlooked all the scenery. And we got to see, it, it overlooked multiple states, so that was incredible. And, you know, it's fall, so the, the leaves are changing. It's just beautiful experience. And for me, I mean, it was, it was such an incredible um, imagery of what this weekend was. Um, a, a lot of work to get to something, to see something beautiful. And uh, so we did that. We came back. We've had a few sessions. The last night's session, we climbed another mountain, I feel like. My legs are shot. Like I don't know if I'll be able to move tomorrow. Um, and then we about froze to death last night. But it was incredible, was it not? Yeah. It ducked below probably 40 last night in the cabins we stayed in. We're kind of open air cabins, and uh, so that was awesome. Ben Hildebrandt wrestled in his bed with his uh, sleeping bag this morning for about five minutes. Maybe not that long. <laughs> he did lose. Um, but it was incredible, and, uh, and, and, and just to kind of bring you up to speed on what we've been talking about, um, we came into this weekend, this, this retreat, the theme behind it was called Echo. And so my hopes behind, and, and the reason I named it Echo, was that I prayed that what we experienced in this weekend, and what we saw, and what we, um, what we encountered would be echoed back into our schools would be echoed back into our communities, our neighborhoods, and we would end up changing the world because of our encounter with God. And and as I started uh, writing down um, my thoughts and what I wanted to teach on and what what scripture I would use, I I, I came across Luke 7. We talked about this last night. Luke 7, and I'm just catching you all that weren't there, or maybe you zoned out last night and didn't hear it, but uh, Luke 7 is the story of Jesus interrupting a funeral. Jesus steps into the scene, interrupts his funeral, and Eugene Peterson, who wrote the message uh, version of the Bible, said, when they walked away, they had realized they had encountered holy mystery. And so my prayer was that we encountered holy mystery this weekend. And I think some of us have. And so we talked about that. We talked about that gospel is what crushes fear. I love that Jesus, when he steps onto the scene in the story in Luke 7, he touches The stretcher that is carrying the man to his funeral and says, arise, get up. And that's what Jesus has done for us in our lives. We were on a stretcher heading towards our death and Jesus said, get up. We also talked about some of us have been made alive in Jesus, but we're still sitting on our stretcher because that's comfort. Because that's the easy thing to do. We, we're, we're holding on to our fear and our anxiety and our, our, our pride or whatever it may be. And Jesus is saying, get up, live the fullness of life that I have ca- came for. See, the gospel crushes fear. The gospel this morning we talked about is a new start. There's mercy in the morning. You know, it's a new day to experience the gospel and grace of God. And, and every day is a new day to meet with God that you don't have to bring in the mistakes and mess-ups of yesterday into today, that you get to step into a new day with Jesus. And so my prayer is that tomorrow you continue to do that, students. See, um, my, constantly my prayer is that students and leaders, and even tonight, that you, those that weren't with us on this weekend, might see a glimpse of God. And what you see, that little glimpse of God, you might echo back into the world. But for you to do this, but for you to you encounter holy mystery and then, and then be felt to, uh, to proclaim him, I think you must understand your purpose, right? If you're, if you're going to do this, I think if you're, if you're going to live this life and do what God's called you to do, you must understand the purpose behind what you're supposed to do, right? If I, if I told you to go do something and you didn't know the purpose, would you be able to do it? Probably not. So I want to answer that tonight. What, what is... What is your purpose? Do you have a purpose? What is your identity that creates purpose in you? So that's the goal tonight. What's your purpose? At the end of the night, I want you to be able to walk away believing this statement. So if you have your notes, or you're taking notes, it's going to be on the screens, it's this idea. This wraps it all up into one thing. Your purpose comes alive the day you come alive. Your purpose comes alive the day you come alive. If you're not alive, you don't have a purpose. Dead people don't have a purpose, right? That sounds, that's morbid, but that idea like a dead person serves no purpose anymore. But someone that's alive serves a purpose. And so when I'm talking about the day you come alive, I'm talking about the day you become spiritually alive, the day you become alive in Christ, that's the day that your purpose comes alive. Galatians chapter 1, this is not, uh, the text will not be on the screen tonight, but if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab it. Galatians chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 15 and 16. And. And I love what Paul says here. Verse 15, it says, "But when he who set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his Son to me in order that I might preach him." I love this text, and, and the next thing that's in your notes you've on the screens as well, is, "What is revealed, we proclaim. What is revealed, we proclaim. See, the mystery that we've been talking about this weekend, and the mystery that you've heard me explain so far tonight, this is that you were called by grace. We talked about it last night, that you did nothing to deserve this. God stepped in and said, you're mine, and that was grace, because you did nothing to deserve it, nor could you do anything to ever deserve it. See, and I and, and it's this thing where you look at it and you're like, I don't deserve this, and I haven't done anything to deserve this, so I now proclaim it. You know, when you get something really nice, right, when you get something Christmas, um, and you're like really jacked up about it, you want the world to know about it. Like if, if someone walked up to you and gave you a new car, you did nothing for it. So they just, like, man, look, here, here's a brand new car, whatever your favorite car is. We passed like 20 Corvettes on the way up there yesterday, and Brody said they were all from his Uh, his garage. So just one, just one of his garages. Uh, Apparently just parked out back. But anyways, like if someone just gave you that car, would you not want the world to know about that? You did nothing to deserve it. You haven't worked for it. You haven't earned it. You've done nothing. And they're just like, here, have it. Man, I'd be posting that all over Instagram. Look at this thing. Look at it. How awesome is this? And see, that's what I want us to see is that what is revealed to us, the grace that's been revealed to us, if it's really that good and we really haven't done anything to deserve it, should we not proclaim that? See, God has revealed himself to us because we were called to proclaim what he has shown us. You were not saved because God said, I need him on my team or I need her on my team. I can't do this mission of saving the world without them God saved you because he just wanted you to proclaim to the world how good he is he could have wrote it in the clouds and said I'm God and I'm here but no he said I'm going to step in and I'm going to call them by name I'm going to redeem them back to life that they might proclaim my name see that's that's crazy and what I want us to see in this text is that Paul I, I love that in, in um, 15 or 16 hold on Uh, the very first part of 16, was pleased to reveal. I love that Paul says that it pleased God to reveal his son to us. See, a lot of us operate as if God isn't pleased with us or he regrets saving us. Right? Have you ever just felt in your gut like, I don't think God knew what he was doing when he called me. Like, I'm messed up, and I, I don't make any good decisions. I just do all this stuff. And we operate out of this idea that God is regretting what he's done. And so we walk around timid about what's happening. Like, when I was thinking about this, this illustration popped in my mind. I don't know, I don't know if this happens in middle school or high school anymore, but I remember in elementary school, we had an art class where we made pottery. Anyone ever done that? Yes. So, when I, I remember making my... Um, we made a few different things. I'm not proud of any of them. That's what this story's going about. Um, but I remember making a cup one time and, uh, and I did the best I could with this cup. I wouldn't put anything in it because you'd probably die from whatever chemicals I used. But um, I remember doing it and um, finishing it and you put it into this uh, oven that baked it and made it hard. And um, I think that's how that works. It's been a really long time. But anyways, um, so I do that, I get it out, and, like, everyone's in the class is kind of sitting on this table. And I just remember feeling like, man, mine's horrible. And so, and then another time we made a bowl, and I brought it home to my mom. And, you know, moms are always proud of their kids, even when it's horrible, right? Your mom is proud of you, even when you're not good, right? Mom is always going to be like, you're the best on the team. Don't let him tell you anything. You should be number one, like, I thought I was a champion in everything. And then I realized I was 5'7 as an adult and chubby. But, um, and, and, and so I remember making this bowl, and, like, uh, there were some students that made theirs all pretty. Mom was just brown and, and lumpy and weird. And, and, uh, <clears throat> and I got home, and mom, you know, mom, and just, mom had a room that just had all kinds of stuff on the walls that didn't make any sense. It's decoration, I guess. But, like, mom hung it on the wall. And she hung it on the wall right next to my sister's that she made in elementary school that was beautiful. It was blue and had polka dots, and it was just like this brown blob and blue polka dot beauty. And I just remember feeling it and being like, ah, mom. Like, I regretted it and just being like, and, and feeling like, ah, I'm just not pleased with that. And see, some of us are operating like that's how God views us. Like, that's the ugly beauty, or that's the ugly, messed up, jacked up, uh, just can't get anything right, and then there's these people over here that are just beautiful and have everything together. And so, us that are sitting over here in this idea that we're ugly and we can't do anything right, we think God is looking at us, regretting that he saved us. And see, what God saves, God brings to beauty, ash to beauty. It's not... There's a category of the misfits and the best ones. It's God's chosen ones. And see, I want you to see tonight, students, God does not regret saving you. If God has called you by name and called you out of death, you haven't been a mistake. Some of you have been told that you're mistakes, and you're not. Jesus does not make mistakes. And for a lot of us, if... If we operate as if God is embarrassed embarrassed of us and didn't want to reveal His grace, He just kind of messed up, and all of a sudden grace appeared to us, and we're like, Yeah, I'll take that. And then God's like, Oh, no, that didn't happen. It says, and if you underline in your Bibles, underline the word pleased, that it pleased God to show Himself to us because He's pleased with us. And if that's true, if God is pleased with us, if it was it was pleasurable for God to reveal His grace to us, then aren't we compelled to proclaim that? Aren't we compelled to, compel, to proclaim that good news to the world? If God, who spoke the world into existence, knows every single one of us by name and has revealed grace, shouldn't we go tell our school tomorrow? But see, when, when this is true and, and we realize that He's pleased to call us into His mission, Our heart becomes this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20 says this, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So this is Paul kind of like um, telling the church at Ephesus, like this is what you should do. It's the fruit of the Spirit and stuff like that. To that end, keep alert with all uh, uh, perseverance. Making supplication for all the saints. And then he gets it. Now he's asking them to pray for him. And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. See, when we see that God was pleased to call us, was pleased to reveal himself, this becomes our heart. Paul's saying, hey God, I'm praying that whenever my mouth opens, it's revealing the mystery and not just kind of like, You know, Jesus is kind of cool. It's, I'm going to boldly tell the world about you. But I need help with that. So, hey, church at Ephesus, pray for me. Will you pray with me? And God, I'm also praying, like, do this for me. Do this. When I open my mouth, what is it about? When you open your mouth, what is coming out? When you open it up, what are you saying? Do your words echo your name? Do they echo um, the sport you play or um, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whatever that might be? When you open your mouth, what does it show that your heart is filled with? See, because if we're not careful when we open our mouths, we might talk about what's best for us or what we like the most and our sin nature might start revealing itself. Or do when you open your mouth, are you hoping that it might echo the beauty and the mystery of what God's done in you? And that's big. See, students, this weekend, if, if we encountered God and we felt God, and then we step into our schools tomorrow, and, this, and nothing is an overflow of this weekend, then we missed the weekend. Then we just went up to a mountain, about killed ourselves walking up. It froze to death last night, ate really good food. Tore my knee up playing a game, and then that was it. We got a cool t-shirt, and they are cool. Yeah, side note. But if we open our mouths, are you hoping that it declares whatever happened this weekend in you? And for you that weren't on the trip, what is happening right now? Are you hoping that you, you echo the mystery of God calling us to himself and giving you a new life? That's not something that just happens once and you forget about it. That's something that just outpours in your life. If you feel like this isn't something you can do, and, and you just feel like you're alone in this, and, and, you, and you have no ability to, to conquer this, I want you to re- listen to the scripture. Romans chapter 8, turn there, because I want you to look at it. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. I love, really, this whole chapter, but uh, I love this encouragement that he gives us. Verse 26, likewise the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray uh, pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit himself, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that those who love God, all things work together for good. And those who are called, to according, are called according to his purpose. I love this text because it's not just deep or crazy deep words, but it's encouragement for you. And as the band comes up, I, I, I want you to see this. Some of you don't know what to do or what to say. And in this passage, the biggest thing that sticks, up for, sticks out to me is that you're not alone. You haven't been called onto a mission, a solo mission, to go out into the world, and God's just kind of distant and away from you. Scripture is saying that the Holy Spirit, the the Spirit that lives within you if you're new in Jesus, is praying to the Father on your behalf. Let that blow your mind for a second. That the Holy Spirit, who knows, it says He knows the will of God, is on your behalf petitioning what you need to do for the Father. Like, God, give them strength. Let them know that, I'm, that you're with them. Get after it. That you're not alone in this. The Holy Spirit is with you, praying on your behalf. You don't have to feel like you're alone or be overwhelmed by this. It's not just like, hey, coming up, hey, Bibi, will you pray for me? The Holy Spirit's praying for you. Like, there's a lot in this Bible that I don't understand, but the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit knows the exact will of the Father, and He's praying that for you. You're not alone. And if you're really struggling with your purpose, verse 28 tells you you that this is what it is. When you're loved by God, you are in your purpose. When you are loved by God and you love God, you are in your purpose. Because to really love God is to share the mystery of Him with the world. The last point I have for you is your purpose is this, loving God and making Him known. Loving God and making Him known. It doesn't have to be more complex than that. You don't have to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You don't know who you're going to or have to marry or whatever that is. You just need to know your purpose in life is to love God and to make Him known. The mystery that's been revealed to you, the grace that's been revealed to you, that's your job. Reveal that to the rest of the world. Let them see that in you. What if we all walked away tonight and said that's your purpose? What if we all walked away tonight with a realization that my purpose is to love God and make Him known? And it's as simple as that. We try to overcomplicate things and be like, I have to do this much year of schooling, I have to do this, I have to do this, and then I'll do that? No, no, no. Love God. And make Him known. Love God and tell people about Him. Love God and tell people your story of how God has interacted with you. Echo that into your schools, your neighborhoods, your community. And I think even beyond that, our whole state. Let's go a little bit further. Our nation. And what if what happened here this weekend and happened in this room affected the world? Because you're not doing it on your own. You're doing it with the Spirit. Spirit. So what happens if when we speak, when we open our mouths, when we declare the good news of God, what if when we open our mouths it wasn't self-focused, but Christ-focused? What if we open our mouths it wasn't about, hey, this is what I can do, this is what I've done, this is who I am, this is who I know, it's about my followers, it's about all this stuff. What if it was like, this is what Jesus has done for me? I was dead. I had no hope. I could do nothing to earn it, but God stepped in, said, Brandon, you're mine. I, I took your sin to the cross before you ever did anything. I died the death you deserve, that we deserved. They put me in a tomb. The sin stayed there. I rose saying that I have conquered death. I have victory over death in the grave, and I'm giving that to you. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's what we talk about making him known, that he stepped in our place that we might have his righteousness. I love 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of Christ. Jesus took your mess-ups, your sin, your your messy life, all your mistakes, your past, whatever it is, and he said, I've taken that, Here's here's my perfection. Here's my wholeness. Here's my rightness with God. Make me known. See, this is your purpose. But your purpose only comes alive. This can only be true of you if you're alive in Jesus. Apart from being alive in Jesus, making Him known makes zero sense because you don't know Him. So students, leaders, Do you know him? Do you know this good news? Have you experienced it? Have you tasted it? Have you seen what he has done? Have you witnessed it for your own life? And because you've witnessed it, do you want the world to see it? So, every head bowed, every eye closed. See, God wants to awaken you he wants you to get off the stretcher he wants you to get off the path towards the grave and he wants you to step into the fullness of life into eternal life into eternal pleasure are you going to let your desires and your plan step in the way of something eternally better have you come alive that your purpose may come alive So students, if if I can pray for you, and I don't need to know specifics, but if I can just pray for you, that you just feel like God has something bigger for you, but you need the strength to pursue it, you need the strength to know what to do and how to do it and, and who to say and what to say, will you just raise your hand? Just slip your hand up so I can pray for you. Yeah. Maybe tonight, Maybe tonight you've, like, really heard the gospel for the first time. You realize you're not alive. You realize if you were to walk out this room you're, and, and get struck by a car, that you're actually still on the way to your grave. But you've, you, you, you've, you feel God calling you. I want you to know, if that's you right now, and you really feel like God is calling you to himself, calling, him, calling you by his grace to know him, All you have to do is say yes to him. Say, I know I messed up. I know I messed up. I haven't done anything to deserve this, but your grace, I feel it. I see it. I taste it. I want it. That's all you have to do. In your words, however that looks, say yes to Jesus and he will save you. If that's you and I want to pray and celebrate with you, will you just slip your hand up? It's awesome. It's awesome. So students, keep your heads bowed. I'm going to pray. We're going to step into worship, into singing, and, and, and celebrating what God has done. But if you need to talk with a leader, you need to talk with me, or whoever it is, or you just need to come up here and pray because God's doing something in you, please feel free to grab one of us or come up here. We want to pray with you. If you have questions. So God, we love you. God, we uh, we're thankful that when we don't know what to say or what to do or how to do it, that your that your spirit is praying on our behalf. That you that you long for us to to have a taste, long for us to have an experience and an encounter with you. But you don't want to leave us alone. You haven't started something in us that you aren't going to finish. So, Jesus, may you continue to work in these students. God, may you continue to encourage them. May you continue to push them towards you. Gosh, God, what, what if tomorrow the echoing of the gospel in the schools in this community was just so felt that it was undeniable that you had moved? May you just empower and encourage these students to know that they have that power because you live within them. And you're calling them to your purpose. So Jesus, may we worship with all we have. May we we give you the worth that you deserve and, and praise you because you are glorious and you are good and you are deserving of our all. Move powerfully in this moment, Jesus.